6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 15 through 19. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. That speaks for itself. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding evil and the good. You know, it's interesting. So many people are concerned. You know, if, if place, there are some places where there's cameras everywhere. Uh, in fact, one of the, in, in, in England, you've got them on all the public places. No matter where you are in London, they have, you're, 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 you're on video footage. And when they had the, the terrorist thing, they rounded them up in a few days because they were able to track them down through that. So you can understand the utility of that. And many, there are many people that are concerned about privacy that are very concerned about that. And there are two sides to that issue. But it's interesting. We need to realize the cameras are on us continually. The, the, uh, the cameras are the most important observer possible. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. I'm always reminded of the, the little uh, grandchild that asked Grandpa, does God see me when I'm alone? Feeling very insecure by that. And the grandfather said... Uh, he loves you so much he can't take his eyes off you. Great answer. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. An unwholesome tongue is a breach in the spirit. That's an interesting thing to reflect on. A fool despises father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. The fool despises instruction, even from his father. That's what really characterizes him as a fool. He's not listening to criticism. But he that regardeth reproof is prudent. If you ever, uh, whether it's in sports or in business, if you look at the winners, they're always critiquing themselves, always looking for ways to improve, always trying to understand what they're doing wrong, how they might improve. They're open and, in fact, hungry for competent criticism. He that regardeth reproof is prudent. Moving on, in the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenues of the wicked is trouble. The treasures here, of course, are, uh, con does not consist of things uh, like uh, material things, but rather things of the Spirit. Joy, peace, love, sympathy, comfort. These are wonderful treasures. And they're the great treasures of life. They're the most important things in life. The contrast here is the revenues of the wicked, which are simply trouble. The lips of the wise... Disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. Self-evident. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. You know, it's interesting, the sacrifice of the wicked. The wicked can't provide a sacrifice that the Lord will see. He can't do it, no matter what he does. The sacrifice, the best example is Cain. Cain did not fail because he happened to be a farmer and gave of the fruit of the ground. He, he failed because he didn't provide the specifications God, God had indicated in chapter 3 that by the shedding of innocent blood they'd be covered. The lamb, 
probably both Cain and Abel both had sheep and both had farmers. One was primarily a farmer, one was primarily a shepherd. But that's, everybody misses the point of why Cain's offering was rejected. The sacrifice of the wicked, and God says, if, if you've got a problem, sin lies at the door. He was providing a gift from the cursed ground rather than the shed blood that's pointed to the redemption of Christ. All those sacrifices in the Old Testament were intended to point to the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Why? Because he's a wicked. There's nothing he can contribute. We need to understand that. You don't get there by keeping the law. The law is there to show us our need, not to solve our problem. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. God loves to hear from you if you're his. That's his joy. It's astonishing to me that we have the capacity to bring joy to the ruler of the universe. That's a wild idea. Prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he that loveth him that but he loveth him that followeth after his righteousness, echoing the previous one. Correction is grievous grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. And uh, boy, boy, boy. The um, it's interesting to me that. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. That's a strange phrase, the way, because it's very common throughout the Scripture. But it's interesting, if you look carefully in the book of Acts, that was the, the, the term they used to describe their Christianity. Now, if you look in Acts 24 and other places, that so-and-so knew the way, meaning he understood the, day, the path of redemption. It's what we would today call a biblical believer. They called themselves the way. They weren't called Christians until later. That was really a pagan label for them. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men? <laughs> if hell and destruction are before the Lord, how much more than the hearts of the children of men? A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. That's why he's a scorner. He knows it all. We've been through that. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart is the spirit broken. You know, that's, um, boy, boy. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, no problem there. But sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And how important it is for us to have a broken spirit. To have a serious sorrow for our condition. A serious sorrow for our sin. Until you really come to that, everything else tends to be academic. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. <laughs> I suppose you can identify a fool by his diet. Hmm? All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath continual feast. Indeed. Your own. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. What's a good example of that is Daniel chapter 1. Transported, taken hostage as a teenager, forced to live in a pagan court, but he, but better as just a diet of pulse, as they called it there, uh, is that then, uh, with a the fear of the Lord, then great treasure and trouble therewith. He knew, he, 
He, he drew his line in the sand and stuck with it, and God really blessed him. Not only by rising to power in that empire, but the empire that succeeded that empire, the Persian Empire, he rose to power the same way there. Fascinating career, probably one of the most fascinating careers in, in human history. Daniel's career, going from a captive to prime minister of the world under Babylon, and doing the same thing in effect with a subsequent Persian Empire. Better a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Boy, oh boy. Says, echoes the same thing again in respect. In a, a watchful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife. Echoing the first verse that we had in chapter 15. The way of a slothful man is as an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. And uh, that's, <laughs> the way of a slothful man is as a hedge of thorns. You're not going to get anywhere because of a slothfulness. A wise son maketh a glad father indeed, but a foolish man despises his mother. It's, a, it's both the trophy and all the, also the tragedy of the parents as uh, how the children respond. And uh, a wise son maketh a glad father indeed. Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom, <laughs> but a man of understanding walketh uprightly. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. There is a very, very often quoted verse important. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. We'll find repeated allusions to this, especially in terms of warfare. You don't go to war without good counsel. Assessing your strengths and assessing your, your, the, the likelihoods of, of the outcomes whether it's in business or military or what have you. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, we need a plurality of opinions. One of the great discoveries during World War II is the value of what they call interdisciplinary groups. The necessity of the drafts and other demands on, on talent during the World War II in Great Britain, they ended up out of necessity pulling together study teams of mixed, mixed backgrounds. An engineer, a mathematician, a, a psychologist, and a sociologist, a couple of different backgrounds. And they, in some of these things, they began to discover the power of an interdisciplinary group. Because no matter what discipline you come from, you have a pattern of thinking. You have a, a, a set of uh, uh, approach of handling data. And having a mixed group turns out to be very powerful and generally results in far more creative alternatives. And that led to what ultimately was called operations research or system analysis and has been codified in professional terms in the modern days. But it really had its birth in the Second World War. But it's a multitude of counselors there established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Indeed, how wonderful it is to get a, a, a word spoken in due season. One of the things we would do well to look for are opportunities to give a friend a, a word spoken in due season. The way of life is above the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. <laughs> the way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. You've got to remember, God is really ultimately in control. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. And echoing the previous thing that we talked about a little while ago. He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. He that is greedy of gain. I don't think we have to talk about the errors of greed, but the, 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 he that's greedy of gain troubleth his own house. But he that hateth gifts shall live. In other words, he wants to earn his way. 
The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Pause before answering is really the net of that, if you, if you will. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. The light of the, the, light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. The ear that heareth of the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Echoing pretty much in different ways the same fundamentals that we've been talking about. He that refuseth instruction despises his own soul. He that heareth reproof getteth understanding. How important it is to listen to... Uh, um, you know, this behavior is not only for individuals. I can remember in graduate school at UCLA, they had an interesting experiment where they had they invite us into small groups and had, uh, among other things, they had us uh, play group check, checkers and they had a couple of observers. And, and they did this for a little session, then we took a break, then they mixed the groups and did it again. Well, what was interesting as we did this, you had to experience it, but it was the behavior of the groups that it had won during, you know, on the second go-around, just they, they adopted the group decision-making different ways, but whatever they did, they just did. The ones that lost, the previous one, they'd pick on someone in the group to pick on, and they'd pick, blame him, and they'd, they'd do something different next time, and so forth. What was interesting, the observation that, that uh, we all uh, participated and recognized in the, in the debriefing afterwards, the ones that won did nothing to improve their performance. They congratulate, it was just lighthearted stuff, just congratulating themselves. And so they didn't change whatever they did because they won. The ones that had lost, for whatever reason, revised the way they went at it, revised their decision-making, put one in charge or a group. They did. What's interesting is that, it, 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 I think you know this in sports, you certainly do it in games, that you always, the ones that win are smart, even if you're winning, to critique and improve. The ones that were just resting on the laurels didn't improve their performance. And that's, of course, the, the name of the game. But anyway, uh, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Pretty straightforward stuff. Let's go to the next chapter. The preparation of the heart in a man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. The preparations of the heart in man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Boy, this echoes... Uh, Back in chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way which seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It echoes the same thought there. Man thinks he's okay, and therein lies his jeopardy. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Boy, there is a promise to commit, to, to grab. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. He's what it's all about. The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Boy, boy, boy. Um, see, all the way through this, even from the, this, first, this verse up here, uh, 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 the first verse, the man proposes, but God disposes. We can have dreams and plans, but God is going to decide what the outcome is. And the ultimate answer of anything is that the Lord made all things for himself. You know, why are, when you, go, when you go in a deep sea diving, you go down so deep it's dark, why are things colored? Go down there, the coral and the fish are gorgeous with light. But they're down there in the dark. And you'll never see it because they're deep sea creatures. And down there, there's no light, right? And yet they're gorgeous. Why? Because God made them for himself. Why are flowers beautiful? To attract bees, bees are colorblind. Why are they beautiful? Because God made them that way. The Lord made all things for himself. 
even the wicked for the day of evil. They're going to serve his purpose. Even Satan in all his viciousness is going to ultimately serve God's purpose. And there's examples of that. We'll move on. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Are you proud in heart? Any hands up? If you are, you're an abomination to the Lord. Though, though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. That's how they depart from evil, by the fear of the Lord. When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. There are examples of that. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. Straightforward stuff. A man's heart despises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Again, man proposes, but God disposes. The Lord will direct his steps. The divine sentence in the lips of the king, his mouth transgresses not in judgment, at least you hope not. That's, that, that's the ideal. The just weight and balance of the Lord's, all the weights of the bag are his work. It's abomination to kings to commit wickedness, for the throne is established by righteousness. Boy, oh boy, what an obligation for someone that's in a position of responsibility. Because if they're wicked, they're much, much is the grief. Well, I think we saw an administration in which the very top was corrupt. And you saw it permeate, not just the administration, but the ethics and the morals and the attitudes of the young people looking to them for role models. Really a shocker. A throne should be established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the light of the kings, and they, they love him that speaketh right. The wrath of the king is as messengers of death, but a wise man will pacify it. You don't mess with city hall, huh? In the light of king's countenance is life. The favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. Boy, we get into a whole study of the latter rain and the, so forth. That's a, that's a whole other issue. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding rather than to be chosen than silver. That's sort of the theme all the way through here, to put a priority on wisdom rather than material things. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, these, these encapsulations of truth are designed to be memorized. You realize that the fathers that were teaching the children, they didn't necessarily have books or copy, you know, they, the, the, these things. That's one of the, 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 uh, the packaging here is to facilitate memorization. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Boy, that, that echoes throughout the whole scripture. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Indeed, that's the way we started in the early part of this book. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. There's a tough one. Verse 22. The instruction of fools is folly. Boy, oh boy. The, um, that's a tough one to deal with. Are you wasting your time? Is this what Jesus meant when he said you shouldn't cast your pearls before the swine? There are places where, yes, you never miss a chance to declare the gospel. But at the same time, it's not your burden for them to accept it. It's your burden to declare it. But, but uh, badgering and trying to instruct a fool is folly. It tells you right up front. 
The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to thy soul and health to thy bones. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That sounds familiar because that's word for word the same thing we encountered in the 12th verse of chapter 14. It also is an echo all through the book of Judges and the Torah. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It's an indicative of moral decay. One of the strange things, that phrase that occurs throughout Judges and portions of the Torah are an indicator of how low they'd sunk in that society. That they did what that was right in their own eyes rather what God had instructed. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself for his mouth craveth it of him. The ungodly man diggeth up evil and in his lips there is a burning fire. A froward or perverse man soweth strife and a whisperer separateth, separateth chief friends. You know, it said that some people will believe anything if it's whispered to them. <laughs> I can remember at Ford once, we had an advertising campaign. It wasn't a very successful one, but I've never forgotten the copy. It was swift as a rumor and silent as a secret. <laughs> they tried that for advertising. But uh, a whisper separateth chief friends. A violent man entices his neighbor, and it leadeth him into the way that is not good. He shutteth his eyes to a devise for, uh, for, forward or perverse things. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. Again, it's echoing the same fundamentals. The hoary head is the crown of glory, if it be found in the way of righteousness. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. There again, the same thing. Ruling your mouth is as important, maybe more so, than ruling the military, taking a city, or what, what other objectives you might have. And the last verse of chapter 16 is a very profound one. The lot is cast in the lap, but the whole disposing there is, thereof is the Lord, is of the Lord. You know, there, there are two concepts in mathematics that we cannot find in the physical universe. One is infinity, and the other is randomness. The great discovery of 20th century science is that the universe is finite, not infinite, both in the macrocosm and also in the microcosm. But it's interesting, the other concept that we discover is elusive is random, randomness. In computers you have what they call a random noise generator, but it's a pseudo-random noise generator. You can't really get true randomness and, uh, by definition. And there's a whole new field of mathematics, called they call it the theory of chaos, which really gets into the whole issue that there isn't anything that you can define that is truly random. And uh, it's interesting, that's exactly what the Bible says. We think of a lot or casting a dice as, as a, a random process, but the but, as you know, Einstein said, God does not play dice. The subtitle is, if he did, he'd win. <laughs> because there is no randomness. Everything, everything is, is his disposal. So I'm always reminded about the, uh, the, the Jewish fellow that was every day, he'd go to the synagogue and pray, Lord, let me, please, God, let me win the lottery. Please, God. He did that every day for several years. Every day. Please let me win the lottery. Finally, one day, he's in the synagogue praying that. A cloud shows up, light shines up, and a voice from heaven says, Abe, buy a ticket. <laughs> anyway, the uh, book of Esther is another example of this, and uh, where uh, she, you know, uh, God intervened behind the scenes, delivered the people, and the Jewish feast of Purim, which means the lot, is uh, celebrated to this day of, of the providence of God. No, it's all, everything is in His control. So if you play the lottery and don't win, that's God making a statement, okay? 
Okay, better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifice with strife. Boy, sacrifices don't do it unless they're in of the Lord. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that caused the shame and shall have a part of the inheritance among the brethren. A wise servant shall have rule over the son. That is the son that causes shame. And he'll have a part of the inheritance. The finding pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. And we're going to find out how he tries it in a shortly here. The wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. A liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Your ear should be also ordained of God. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker, and he that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. Boy. And here we have grandchildren. Children's children. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their fathers. You know, the, the, the joy of grandchildren. You all, I'm sure you've always heard that many people say that if I'd known how much fun the grandchildren were, I would have had them first. Right? <laughs> I usually point out that what makes the, you know what makes grandchildren and grandparents such natural affinity, natural friends? They're united by a common enemy. I'm kidding, of course. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. See, the, high, the, 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 the higher responsibility you have, the more conspicuous, the bigger shame it is, is, a, is a, something that's lying lips. A, a gift is, as precious, is a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. Here's again, gossip. Repeateth matter. It doesn't mean it has to be untrue to be evil. It's a matter that separateth very friends. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. In other words, a reproof, a criticism, entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store or Search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.